0: Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. In this week's episode, Pastor Francis Chan poses a sobering question to all Christians. Do you believe the truth of Scripture above your own thoughts and feelings? And if so, do your actions reflect it? In a culture that is drifting further and further away from God, Pastor Francis reminds us that now is the time to simply and lovingly speak His truth to the world. This message is from the Azusa Pacific University Chapel on December 9th,
1: 2019. Okay, sinking <clears throat> this morning, I have been preaching at APU Chapel before a lot of you were born. Like literally every year for the last 20 years or so. I I think it's a record. I expect something for that. Um, There was a passage that convicted me a few weeks ago. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 2. Where Paul says, we have renounced disgraceful and underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So Paul says in this passage, he goes, I refuse to be clever. I refuse to practice cunning. He goes, but instead, I don't, I'm not gonna tamper with God's word, but instead, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give an open statement of truth. And I, I was reading that, I got convicted because I thought, man, I try to be too clever sometimes rather than just openly saying it, especially in this day and age. You think, man, I've gotta address this carefully. I've gotta say this so right, because if I say it the wrong way, it's gonna offend someone. And, and, and even like we, we like to hide certain things about God because we think, well, I don't want to tell them about his judgment, you know, not right off the bat. That's like a few years into it. Let me slowly ease them into who God is. Let me slowly ease them into what this commitment is about. But that's not the way Jesus taught. Jesus would get in front of a crowd like this and he goes, hey, I'm about to leave here and be nailed to a cross. So unless you are willing to just ditch your life and pick up the cross next to me and go get nailed to this cross, don't bother following me. Because unless you deny yourself, all those desires you have, all those dreams you have, unless you're ready, ready to just leave all of that and pick up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. Same thing Paul's saying here. He goes, I don't, I don't I just refuse to practice cunning. That word cunning means genius or clever or even deceptive. He goes, I'm not going to try to talk you into something by some clever talk or some creative way. He goes, instead, I'm just going to openly declare the truth. I just say, here it is. Because if you don't accept it, it's not because I wasn't clever enough. He says, if you don't accept it, it's because there's something spiritual going on, and he says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. If you can't see how worth it Jesus is, his glory, If you don't see, oh yeah, to get Jesus, of course I'd pick up a cross. Who cares about crucifixion? If I can have Jesus, who cares about my dreams? Who cares about my fleshly desires? That's a joke. Who cares about my mom and dad, my wife, my kids? If you don't see the glory of Christ that he is so worth ditching everything for, it's because Satan has blinded your mind to think of Jesus as this little religion, as a nice little teacher that you might follow and take some good principles from. That's what Paul says. And so I thought, if I believe it, I, I need to just say it. And if you don't believe it, then you, there's nothing I can do to talk you into that. And I realized for years, we keep trying different types of bait. But the truth is, is the fish just aren't biting. They're blinded. You know, I, I've seen, I'm just going to say it. I've seen something happen and I'm not saying it's just APU. I'm saying it's our culture, but as I'm sitting there reflecting to 20 years ago and how I used to speak and what it was like, I'm realizing it was different. Sometimes we drift and we don't realize it. You know how like when you were growing up, your aunt comes once a year at Thanksgiving, go, wow, you got so big. But no one in your house says that because they just, Every day you grew a millimeter and it's like, they don't know. It's, it's that same type of thing where there's this drift sometimes you don't see. And I can say, and again, I know this is a generalization and absolutely not true of everyone, but there have been changes here um, with the student body, with the culture, where this book, man, it used to be revered more than it is now. And people used to just go, okay, whatever that book says. And now there's been this rise of our own feelings and opinions and our thoughts. And this book is slowly drifting. And we've been so scared, well, don't dare hurt their feelings. Don't dare offend. And now suddenly we start speaking to not offend people. And the truth is, is, is this word is becoming less and less and people are just rising in their opinions and they're just believing what they want to believe. Paul said this would happen in, in 2 Timothy 4. He goes, in the last days, people aren't gonna put up with sound doctrine. He goes, instead, they're gonna want their ears tickled. They're, want, they're gonna find teachers to tell them what they want to hear. But they're not gonna put up with sound doctrine. I mean think about it right now yeah, and, and everyone's just like well it's up to interpretation this is, no 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 bottom line is you, a lot of you believe whatever you want to believe think about it what think of something you believe right now from this book that you don't want to believe. See, people don't wanna believe in this God that is up there that determines whether I breathe and live through the rest of this message. People don't wanna believe in this holy God that we should fear, and so you go, well, I think fear doesn't really mean fear. Well, that's brilliant. But that's, that's popular. You, you, we don't want to believe there's a day of judgment where you stand before this holy God who describes himself as darkness and gloom and a tempest and we're gonna stand and be judged by him. We don't wanna believe that. So we go, well, I don't believe a loving God could judge people and punish them. Well, that's, that's great. Well, this book, is, I don't want to believe that I'm a bad person, that I'm an object of wrath at one day. I want to believe that I'm a good person inherently. I think I'm good. I think we're all good. Let's just believe that. I don't want to believe that what you said, like I have to deny myself, like God gave me these desires, you're telling me I have to deny those desires, pick up a cross and follow them, you're telling me that unless I'm willing to hate my father, mother, wife, kids, renounce this whole world, I can't, I don't want to believe that, I'd like to believe I can just pray a prayer and ask Jesus into my heart, and that's it, and then I'm going to heaven, You guys, and I'm just telling you straight out from God's word, that is such a lie. The word of God says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like if you have never feared Him, if you've ever just stopped, even this morning, in my Bible reading, I was reading John chapter 1, and and as we're in worship, I'm thinking, gosh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, like, in the beginning, like, like we're just... When was that, you know, God, Jesus, you were there, and who am I, I've been alive 52 years, and I'm just this little nothing, and you guys have been alive 18, 20 years. Like, this is nothing, and we're trying to understand this being that's eternal. And some of you, are are, are the way people talk nowadays, like no big deal, you talk about God like he's just another person. Man, do you understand your wealth? This fear really the Bible says, "Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." Well, does tremble really mean tremble? Doesn't it just mean respect? Let me tell you, everyone it, and it drives me nuts. Like I, I was talking to someone the other day. He goes, well, that's, that's your understanding of God and I have a different understanding. As long as you come to peace with your understanding of God, we can all be right. I go, that is, that is ridiculous. I go, so if I leave the gym right now, you could in your heart go, I think Francis was a 300 pound Caucasian man. <laughs> Great, then that's what I am. Because that's what you feel in your heart. You know, it just, that's ridiculous. You guys, there were people in the Bible, I'm just telling you, when Isaiah saw God, it was like, whoa. It, that, that term doesn't do it justice. Whoa. It's, it's like, F me. Seriously. It was like the strongest term. It's like, oh, Woe is me, I'm about to be destroyed. I just saw him, I just saw the, he's gonna kill me. He's gonna destroy me because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and I just saw the God of glory, I'm dead. John, the beloved apostle, man, the one whom Jesus loved, when he saw Jesus in his glorified state, he goes, man, oh, when I saw his eyes were like fire, his face was like the sun, there's a sword came out of his mouth, and I just fell at his feet like a dead man. I just collapsed. I don't think they were ready. Maybe in their heart they didn't imagine him being that way. It didn't matter, that's what they saw. Job, Job, remember Job in Job chapter 42, he says, he goes, man, I, my ears had always heard of you, God, but now my eyes have seen you and I hate myself. Those were his words. I'd always heard of you, I, I, I went to chapel, I, I went to Bible study, I went to, and I'd heard about you, but now that I see you, I hate, I hate myself. I can't believe I ever questioned you. I can't believe I was doubting. I'm just gonna shut up, I'm not gonna say another word. That's what happened when people saw him. It was fear. Fear means fear. And all this garbage about, oh, well, loving God would never punish. You guys, how can we never say, well, a fair God would never forgive? It's because we don't want to believe that. We wanna believe that you can be fair and forgive also and just let someone go and, and grace. We just don't want to believe that the most obvious things in Hebrews chapter 10. I mean, people, oh, it's up to interpretation. Interpret this. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 10, verse 26. If we go on sinning deliberately, To fall into the hands of the living God. Man, how are you gonna twist these words? Say, well, loving God would, hate it. what do you do with it? Again, where's the word of God in your life? Where's your opinion, your feeling, your, your profound thoughts that you tweet? It's just like, no, God says, your thoughts are not my thoughts what so Isaiah 55 says. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. The way you think, it's not the same as me. He goes, you know how the heavens are so far above the earth? That's the way my thinking is to yours. See, and this is the way we should be holding the word of God. Going, man, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. But my thoughts don't compare to his. But we're flipping it all around. And we're appeasing people who get angry in their feelings. Rather than saying, gosh, this... This is pretty clear. Look, I, I, I studied the Hebrew, I studied the Greek, I got into the, the scholastic debates and you realize once you get to that little echelon of people, you can make this book say anything. Well, in Hebrew, you know, uh, deliberately, it, it just, you just start going through these different words and picking this apart and go, well, and, and then you start just finding teachers who tell you what you wanna believe that know Hebrew and Greek. And then everyone finds their Hebrew and Greek scholar that says what they want them to say, and says, I follow that guy. I'm conjuring his teaching. You just just believe what you wanna believe. Look, do you think I wanna believe this stuff? Some of it I don't. I read so many things in this book, I'm like, what? okay, man, I've got to change a lot right now, then I gotta I, I got be serious about this. God hates this. Man, there are things that I don't like that I come under. That's what it means to have a king. That's what it means to have a lord. When you say that he's the lord of your life, that means your master now is gonna ask you to do things you don't want to do. And this whole like, We're all good people, I'm just gonna read it. Ephesians 2, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it's a gift of God, not as a result, so that no one may boast. He goes, you guys used to all be dead. Listen to what he says. In your sins which you once walked, following the course of this world. He goes, you were doing what the rest of the world did, where you just followed your flesh. The world's message, you do you. Satan's message from the garden, come on Eve, you know you want it. God, God's not going to punish you if you take of this fruit. It's a lie from the beginning. You're just following the course of the world. You're just doing what everyone else does and you feel good about it because you feel like, well, everyone believes this. So, so there's like this confidence you have. Well, our generation, we figured this out. So all these thousands of years, they were all idiots. Our generation figured this out. You're just following the course of the world. Every generation says that you're following the course of the world, you're following your own desires, and you were by nature objects of wrath. You wanna believe that? From the outset you were an object that should, that you deserve the wrath of God? It's crazy. But then it says, but God, being rich in mercy. Whether you believe it or not, that being up there actually is rich in mercy he wants to forgive because of his great love with which he loved us okay whether you've ever been loved by a dad or whatever and you've never understood how an authority figure could also want intimacy with you i'm just telling you it's true he is that powerful and he wants you that badly that's that's the greatest news on earth you kidding me? That God who dwells in unapproachable light wants to be one with me? But it's not something where you just casually go, all right. No, he makes it very clear. In fact, I'm gonna close with Revelation 3 when he talks to the church in Laodicea. Verse 15, I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. For you say I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing. Not realize you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourselves and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to appoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I, repute, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I knock at the door. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and eat with him, and he with me. The one who conquers, I'll, give him, I'll grant him to sit with me on my throne as I've conquered and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God says, if you're not hot or cold, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth. You don't realize. Yeah, you prayed a prayer. You got baptized, but is just lukewarm. It's just gross to me. I'm gonna spit you out. You're like, well, what, what was spit? That's up to interpretation. What does it mean to spit out? I mean, sometimes I spit and it's a good thing. You guys, I spit you out. He goes, you're, you're, you don't realize you're blind, poor, pitiable, wretched, naked, these are unsaved people. They're lukewarm, he's spitting them out. But he says, but I'm knocking on the door. You wanna get real with me? You ready to surrender to me? You ready to start submitting to this word even if no one else does? Man, this is what I was praying for. I go, God, going back to that first passage, I'm not going to talk these people into going against all of culture and saying my feelings really don't matter and neither do yours. God says, let God be true, though every man a liar. My thoughts are not the same as yours. So if your thoughts contradict this book, then you need to come under his thinking. And you may hear that today, and that's because, Jesus, this is so beautiful. He says, I'm knocking. I've been begging God, just knock on someone's door. I'm done here. But knock on someone's door so they, so they see this and they go, I get it, man. And I'm, I'm done. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'll cry with you, great, okay, poor you. But now here's the word of God. And I'm gonna come under this because I'm going to stand before him one day, and I'm, I'm going to be judged by him, and I don't want to be found as a coward. There is a holy God in heaven that is so far beyond you. He says, I'm like the potter, and you're a piece of clay. How brilliant is a piece of clay compared to the potter? That's the word scripture uses. There is a holy God. He is coming with his holy angels to judge the world. He alone is the judge of the earth. You don't come to the end of your life and get to judge him and question him. He questions you. He's your creator. But the crazy thing is he wants you. And he's knocking on the door. If you want, I'll come in. He says, I'll come in and I'll eat with you. He wants intimacy with you. And I doubt there are hardly any of us that grew up with fathers that were strong authorities and also intimate with us. So it's hard to understand how could you have both in one being. I've tried my whole life to be that kind of dad to my kids, that I'm strong, I'm the leader of my home, but you're my best friend and you know I would do anything for you. That's the father who's knocking at the door, but you can't just pick one and go, well, can I just have him as a buddy? No, he'll be your daddy, but your father in heaven and hallowed be his name. That's the greatest joy you're gonna find in life is when you understand You have a holy, holy, holy judge for a father who's rich in mercy, full of love for you, and is knocking on the door.
0: Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode. But until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries, or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our website at crazylove.org. Merry Christmas.